0: Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Today's guest is a young man that is taking the smooth jazz world by storm. He's a multi-instrumentalist who is making a name for himself as a bass player. And he also plays in the band and serves as the musical director for The Amazing Najee, today Fresh Coast Jazz is spending time with Mr. Blair, Bryant. Blair, welcome to the program, man. Hello, how are you? I'm good, man. How about yourself?
1: Man, I am good. Just blessed
0: to see another day. I heard that, man. That's a great attitude, a great way to look at things. So I got to start by asking you, what is in the water in Kansas City? You, Julian Vaughn, Norman Brown, all y'all have ties to Kansas City, man. <laughs> Does Good Barbecue have anything to do with learning how to play the bass or the guitar?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but the thing about it, there's a lot of talent in Kansas City. And there's a lot of string players here and the ones that just gets out and ends up doing very well.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm just blessed to be among the other greats that came from here.
0: Yeah, that's great. Do you guys know one another? Do you guys ever collaborate? I know you guys might be scattered now, but I think Julian still lives in Kansas City, right?
1: Yeah, Julian's still here. I know Julian very well. We're great friends. And we're talking actually about a collaboration here. Oh, cool. Yeah, so hopefully some will be doing some. And I'm actually collaborating with Norman Brown, too, so...
0: Oh, fantastic.
1: Yeah, that should be cool. It's going to be on my latest album that's going to be coming out, so...
0: Fantastic. Well, we're going to get to that latest album and we're going to hear some songs from that, from some of your works as well. You're only 27. Is that correct? That's correct. Wow. There are so many musical genres out there. How did you fall in love with contemporary jazz or smooth jazz, man?
1: Yeah. So my dad is a huge smooth jazz fan. Okay. And when I was real young... My dad would always play Najee, Norman Brown, Boney James. So I grew up listening to all that music. And then my mother, she's on the church side and she's a an organist and piano player and missed the music at the church that I've been at. And so I grew up listening to gospel and smooth jazz. And I just really fell in love with the jazz. I, I mean, obviously, I'm in love with gospel too, but. On these long road trips, because my dad, we were always traveling because of my dad's job at TV stations and stuff. So we would do these long car rides, and I would just listen to all sorts of stuff from Stanley Clark, Boney James, Norman Brown, Najee. Big Najee fan. I always will listen to Najee. Tokyo Blue was, I remember when I first heard that song, and I was like, yeah, I really want to do this genre of music. I always knew that I wanted to be a smooth jazz musician.
0: That's cool. That's really cool. And to know from a young age is cool. And you certainly have really distinguished yourself in a very short period of time as someone who musicians respect. I interviewed another smooth jazz musician who talked about seeing you play in L.A. And he said, when I saw Blair play in L.A., I knew I was witnessing something very special. This man is wow. going to be one of the best to ever do it. How does that make you feel, man, when you hear that?
1: Man, it just makes me feel just blessed and just really humbled to hear that in honor. That's a big honor. That means a lot to me to hear someone say that. Because I've always wanted to do this. And now that I'm getting my chance to do it, and get such high praise from a phenomenal musician like Marcus is just crazy to me. It's a
0: blessing. That's cool. That's cool. But, you know, that level of talent and that level of skill does not just happen. Like, you may be blessed with a level of talent, but I also understand you play 14 different instruments. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So how much time do you spend working your craft, Blair?
1: Ooh, I spend a lot of time really working it. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, it's kind of hard to balance all that because of all the instruments, but I try and every day of the week spend some time on some of them and definitely bass because that's kind of the main thing that i be playing. So I always try and get at least a couple hours a day on that and then the rest, just how I feel. Depends on how I feel.
0: Yeah, yeah. Playing so many instruments, how did bass become your go to instrument? What was it about playing the bass?
1: It's kind of crazy because I thought I was going to be a piano player. Uh-huh. I was really writing on piano, and I still write my songs on piano, which is the crazy part about it. Okay. But I ended up choosing bass because I was playing bass in high school and playing bass and jazz band in that church. And My dad always play Marcus Miller and Stanley Clark. So when I started really playing the bass and really listening to those guys, I realized bass can actually be a lead instrument. So I was like, well, I'm going to pick bass because it's such a commanding instrument and there's kind of a lane for this. So I decided, because, you know, there's a lot of piano players, there's a lot of saxophone players, there's a lot of, Guitar players, but it's not a lot of bass players. So, when the whole Wayman Tisdale thing was happening, and I'm a huge fan of Wayman too, very influenced by him. You no, know, him, Stanley Clark, Marcus Miller, those are my guys. Okay, on bass. okay, okay. So, when I was listening to them, and when I realized that bass can definitely be a lead instrument, I was like, "Won't I be a bass player?"
0: Okay, okay. Well, yeah. it's worked out pretty well for you, man. Worked out pretty well for you. It did. I
1: think I made the right choice. I think
0: you did too, man. And I think a lot of people are glad you made that choice, man.
1: Man, I am too. It's funny how things work out. It really is. Yeah.
0: But you know what? I feel like in this life, we end up being where we need to be, right? So that's cool. Amen. Works out the way it's supposed to work out, right? So in addition to, like we know you're Najee's musical director. What does a musical director do for those who don't know? Yeah. So a
1: music director oversees the show, making sure that all the musicians got their parts right, being in command of the stage, what's going on at the moment, and just making sure that everything flows and goes the way it's supposed to go for the artists. And if there's any musical ideas, you know, it's my job to try and incorporate it into the show and just make Najee look as good as he can on stage and be as comfortable as he can on stage.
0: Okay. Okay. How long have you been doing that for Najee?
1: Well, I just started this year. Okay. So this is kind of my first year being his music director. and It kind of caught me by surprise because when I first started playing with Najee, I would have never guess that I was going to end up being his music director. That was quite a shock to me. But... I'm grateful for the opportunity, and it's been a blast and a really big honor to be his music director.
0: Yeah, I can imagine it. Well, so clearly, I mean, he saw something in you very quickly that was like, man, I need to tap into Blair for this.
1: Man, and I'm just forever grateful for what he's done for me.
0: Yeah, you seem like a humble young man, Blair. (laughs) You seem like a very humble young man.
1: Man, I appreciate it. I have to be, man, because there's so many killing cats out here, and Yeah, And so many people, that's just amazing. I can't afford to be any of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things I tell you I like about having met many artists and quote-unquote celebrities. But I will say this, the smooth jazz musicians are one of the most down-to-earth group of people, humble group of people. Like I see some of Najee's Facebook posts, him and the band, and you guys are all out doing stuff. And it seems like you guys really genuinely enjoy one another's company and that you guys are just having fun together, you know?
1: We are. That's the thing that I love about Najee and the tour. You know, the guys that he got on this tour, we all look at each other as family. Yeah. We're not trying to outshine one another. Everybody gets shined. There's room for everybody.
0: That's great. That's great. So
1: that's always been important to Najee. And... It's important to us as well to make sure that we help our brothers because we're a team. We're a family.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's good to hear. So take me back to the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio. What was that like, man?
1: Oh, man. First of all, I couldn't believe it. I had to pinch myself like, is this? Really, real. This song that came out of the basement that I made is actually on watercolors right now. <laughs> like, I always wanted to be on watercolors in the Weather Channel, and then to see my song get on watercolors and then have a song on the Weather Channel, it's like, oh my God, like, uh-huh. this is unbelievable.
0: What song was it? When did that happen?
1: Yeah, so the song for the Weather Channel was uh, Footsteps in the Dark, version I did on my first EP called um, New Colors. And the first song I had actually get on watercolors was Sun Chaser, that the great Darren Run play.
0: Yeah, great. Who else have you collaborated with? You mentioned Darren, and you, you mentioned that you might be collaborating with Julian Vaughn soon. Who else have you collaborated with?
1: Yeah, so I've collaborated with, of course, Najee, Blake, Aaron, Donald Hayes, did some stuff with him, and I'm trying to think who else. I think that's about it for now, but I definitely got some more people that I'm very excited about that I'm going to be collaborating with for this next project.
0: Yeah, cool. Let's talk about that next project. Red Tiger, is it? Yes, sir. Yeah. Red Tiger. So tell me about the name. How did you come up with the name Red Tiger? Red Tiger.
1: Yeah, so the name Red Tiger comes from, I have this bass that is a beautiful bass. And I love this bass. This guy named Marco, who's with Marco Bass, he's the founder of that company that I'm endorsed by. He made okay. me this bass. And it's red, and the design on it, it's got like tiger stripes Oh, cool. on the design. So I play that bass on pretty much all the stuff I do. So I decided, why not dedicate the album to the bass I love to play. And the name of the bass, I call it, is Red Tiger. Okay. So I decided to name the album Red Tiger.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Now we're going to take a listen to Bee's Bounce from Blair Bryant.
2: Da da da
0: Was B's Bounce from today's guest, Blair Bryant. So, Blair, let's get back to our conversation. Talk to me about the creative side of the album. Like, what was your process for making this music? How did you go about that? And is there any underlying theme to the project or anything like that? Well, it's not really
1: too much of an underlying thing. It's just for this project, I just want to really zone in on what I'm doing and give you guys a really funky, smooth album because the past albums before, I haven't really done that. It's been more so just warm, kind of mellow music. Uh-huh. But now, you know, I'm coming out with the horn sections. All right. And I really want to bring it to you guys because as a bass player, there's got to be some fuck somewhere. <laughs> yes,
0: sir. Yes, sir.
1: So I'm going to give it to y'all on this album. That's All my right. plan for Red Tiger, just to branch out and and show you guys what I can do.
0: And Red Tiger is going to be released in the fall of 2021, is that correct? That is correct. All right, everybody, y'all heard Mr. Blair Bryant say it here. And now make sure that fall of 2021, y'all are on the lookout for Red Tiger and downloading it and streaming it and buying CDs, whatever you need to do. But I'm looking forward to it, man, because all of your music that I've listened to to date, man, I've just been, I've really been captivated by it. I've heard some people liking you to Stanley Clark and... I read something where someone was saying you were a vision of Wayman Tisdale, and it really comes through. And the thing that I find interesting is that while you can hear influence, your songs are all uniquely you. How do you do that?
1: (laughs) Well, I think it mostly is just me just pouring my heart and soul into the music and just trying to put my personality into things instead of trying to imitate Stanley Clark can do what he do. How about I take what I love from him and then just try and put it into what I do and make it me? So that's kind of been what I've been doing. I've been just pulling from the Stanley Clark, Marcus Miller and Wayne Tisdale, and just taking what I like and trying to incorporate it and create my own sound.
0: Great. So how many pieces have you produced so far of your own, Blair? How many different works? Albums or EPs?
1: Oh, well, for the most part, everything on the album I produced on my own, all the last few albums I've done. Okay. So about almost everything. I got a couple um, tracks on this album that I got a couple different producers on. Okay. They are that sharing the bill with me, co-produced. So that's, that's going to
0: be cool. When you're going through that process for someone who plays 14 different instruments, like when you're putting a song together, are you writing it and then are you playing different parts of it to get it to where you want it to be or where you're comfortable with it before you bring others to the party? Or how does that work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You pretty much nailed it there. Usually when I write a song, I try and play all the instruments and do all the stuff before I give it to somebody to just kind of let them know, hey, you know, this is kind of what I'm looking for and most of the time I'm able to do it pretty well and it works out for the best of the song and yeah that's pretty much how I really approach it though I just try and put all the ideas I can and if it's like a saxophone part I might put like a dummy part or I might play it on piano I do that a lot I'll play the parts on piano just for someone to hear. And just tell them, I'm kind of thinking this way.
0: Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. All right, that's cool. How does it feel to be getting back to doing live shows?
1: Man, it is definitely a blessing. You know, you don't realize how much you miss playing in front of audiences and miss live shows until it's not there. And with COVID and last year, I think that was definitely a humble experience not to take things for granted.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because I feel like sometimes us artists, we take... Performing live for granted. And when it's not there, it's like, wow, what else am I supposed to do? So to be back, to be performing in front of people and to just see people that I haven't seen in a couple of years, we made it through this COVID thing, it's really a blessing. And I'm just happy to be back. I'm more than thrilled to be back. I've missed you guys. And man, I'm glad to be back.
0: Yeah, I know me as a fan of live music and a fan of. Live smooth jazz music. The last thing I did pre-COVID was go to a David Sanborn show, and then the day afterwards, the world basically shut down. Ooh! And so I couldn't wait to get back out to see some live music. And while I spent a lot of time during COVID listening to music, it's not the same as seeing it live. You know, it's just not the same. Not at all. How did you spend your COVID time?
1: Yeah, so most of my COVID time, I took the time to do a lot of writing, and I did some production work for some other artists. So that's been good. For the most part, I've taken advantage of this COVID thing. I've actually written over 15 songs. Wow. Yeah, during this COVID break. Now, obviously, all of them ain't going to be on the album because you can only put so much, but... I got a lot of new material that I can't wait to release to you guys that I've written, and I've just been really inspired.
0: Yeah, well, we'll be looking forward to hearing it, man. That's great to hear, but 15 new songs, that gets you a couple different projects, man.
1: Yeah, it could. Right. Very well. <laughs> right,
0: that's all right. That's all right. So when you're doing a live gig, do you have any routine, like the day of or pre-show, like anything? Like, you know how... Some athletes say they have to eat the same meal before a game. Like, what's your routine?
1: Well, my routine mostly before a live show is to go out and just seek the room and try and just shake as many people's hands as I can before I perform. Just to kind of get a vibe with the audience and just show myself. That's always been my routine. Just go out and just meet as many people as you can before the show. That's cool. Give them a good show
0: does that impact what you do on stage then? Like when you meet audience, does it tell you something about how to perform that night or anything?
1: Oh, most definitely. It definitely does. You know, if I see a lot of older people coming in, I know kind of what they're looking for. Maybe I'll hit them with some earth, wind and fire. Or
2: some,
0: okay.
1: Okay. Also uh, Frankie Beverly. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just gives me kind of a vibe of where they're coming from. So I just want to put on the best show for them as I possibly can.
0: That's cool. That's cool. How do you feel when you're on that stage and you're looking out and you're seeing people just getting into the show? Like, what does that do to you?
1: Oh, it brings joy to my world. It brings me nothing more. There ain't nothing I would want to be doing more than just performing and giving my all for you guys and for audiences and for them to enjoy what I'm doing. It just brings me joy to do that because I feel like that's what I've been put on this earth to do and to be able to do what I've always wanted to do is just
0: blessing. That's cool. That's really cool. That's cool. So I understand you're, and I've been working with him a little bit. Your brother Damon is your manager, huh? That's
1: actually my dad. Oh, that's your dad. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We spoke on the phone and he sounded, I thought he was your brother. He sounded so young.
1: Everybody says that. That is the most hilarious thing. Yeah, we sound alike, so that's kind of why I think people always think that's my brother.
0: Okay, okay. That's dad. So that's the man who got you into this in part, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) That must be pretty cool being able to work with your dad like that, huh? Oh,
1: yeah, most definitely. It's definitely a blessing that my dad has been here for me and He's been a big part of why and where I am today. You know, I wouldn't be where I was without him. Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. So every show we do this segment that we like to call bout it or doubt it. Okay. So if you bout it, obviously it's something that you like, right? That you're into. If you doubt it, it's something you're not feeling. So you down for playing that game with us? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm All right. Cool. So, so first what we're going to do is we're going to spin the wheel and get to a category. Okay. You ready? Yes, sir. All right.
2: I started Yellow's this body battle. If you body, get them up. Get them up. I mean, you body by. I, I mean, you body. body. We said you body battle. Oh, I, I represent. It's 1993.
1: I doubt it.
0: So, Blair, your category comes up as food. All right. Oh no. <laughs> so, oh, so, about it or doubt it? Broccoli. I like broccoli. You do? Okay. I do. All right. Yeah. Are you a healthy eater in general? or? Well, yes and no. Okay.
1: I got bad habits. Uh (laughs) I I got a sweet, too. Yeah. sure. Okay. That kind of gets me in trouble sometimes. But no, I definitely like broccoli. All right. I always enjoy eating it.
0: Okay. What's that go-to sweet that you got to have when you're out there, out on the road?
1: Oh, man. Donuts. Donuts Donuts is a big weakness for me. I don't know what it is with donuts, but (laughs) I just can't resist them.
0: Okay, I'm going to hit you up with something, man. Next time you are in Nashville, okay, there's this place that makes these donuts. They're like 100 layers, right? They're like really thin layers, and they're vegan, but they are absolutely delicious. I can't remember the name of the place right now, but... Just Google 100-layer donuts in Nashville. And next time you're in Nashville, you got to go. We were just in Nashville on a family vacation, and my wife found this place. And we were there in Nashville for five days. My wife went to that place two or three days, man. Wow.
1: I'm actually going to be in Nashville in a couple weeks. I'm going to have to hit
0: that place up. Uh, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to remind myself to send you the name of the place, okay? I'm going to remind myself to send you the name of the place, okay? Since you're a donut aficionado. Oh, yeah. So, I think I might know the answer to this, but we're going to do one more about it or doubt it, okay? Liver and onions. Ooh,
1: man, it depends, man. I'll say doubt it, though. Okay, all right, all right. But if it's chicken liver, though, I'll tear that up.
0: You will? Okay. I'll tear that up. Okay, all day okay, long. okay. <laughs> How did you come to like chicken liver? Well, I
1: guess my mom. Her parents is from the country, yeah, so they're used to eating gizzards, livers, yeah, and all that stuff. And my mom just introduced it to me, and I guess I ended up liking
0: it.: All right, all right, man. I see like I'm a doubted all day long on that liver and onions, but I tell you, every now and then, I know people man who like liver and onions, that's their thing, but you a chicken liver man, hey, man, there nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, my mom would tear up some labor and onions. Okay, okay, that's okay. Her thing. That's her
0: thing. Okay. Yeah, all right, she good. Loves that. Good, 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 good. Is there a restaurant that you love in Kansas City, your hometown?
1: Ooh, there's a lot of them. Man.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh man, there's this barbecue place called um Q thirty nine. Okay. And Mostly when people come to KC, they think about Gates, because Gates is kind of the famous one. But man, there are some really good barbecue restaurants out here. There's two of them that I really like specifically. One is Q39, and a lot of the football players and chiefs that come here always says Q39 is their favorite. And then there's this other one called Jack Stack, which I really love. So I would say... In between Jack Stack and Q39, those are my two favorite restaurants here.
0: Okay. Yeah, the last time I was in Kansas City, I was there with some buddies playing golf, and we stood in line at Arthur Bryant's for about an oh, hour yeah. trying to get in one day. But it was worth the wait.
1: Oh, definitely. I like Arthur Bryant's, too.
0: Yeah. I see it's too many places yeah. here. Yeah, can't yeah, Can't hear them all. Kansas City is known for some good barbecue, man. Absolutely. You can't go wrong here. Yeah. Let's take a listen to Power Up by Blair Bryant. heard the song Power Up by Blair Bryant. So Blair, let's get back to our conversation. So for someone who puts in as much time as you do on your craft, what is it like when you're in the zone mentally? Like, how do you know you're there and how do you feel and what's the output like?
1: Yeah. So when I know I'm in a zone is when I guess when I'm just really tied to what I'm doing. So like when I'm recording and stuff, I know I came out with something good and I don't want to stop. That's kind of when I know and the feeling of it is just, it's a bittersweet feeling. It's hard to really explain, but it's like, I know I got something for you guys that I want you guys to hear. And it just makes me so excited to know that I got something for you guys.
0: Yeah. That's alright. Are you a musician who, like, you can catch your vibe at any time of the day? It just happens? Or are you a nocturnal guy? Or are you a morning guy? How do you work that way?
1: I am definitely a nocturnal guy. Okay. It seems like all my ideas come at night, especially. Really uh-huh. good. Sometimes I can function in the day, but most of my good work and the magic happens at night. Uh-huh.
0: You hear these stories about musicians and studio sessions that start off, and then before you know it, it's the next morning and the sun's coming up. You experience that?
1: Absolutely. All
0: the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. It's neat to know kind of when you can catch your vibe, because like, and when you're at your best. I'm a morning person, right? And so I do my best work in the morning. At nighttime, I find like my brain is not as, it isn't firing as well as it fires in the morning. I understand that. Yeah, but at nighttime, though, too, I know a lot of musicians who say that. I know a few musicians that are morning people, but most of the musicians I know are people who do their best work at night.
1: Yeah, and I don't really understand why. It's kind of, because I know a lot of musicians that's like that, too, and maybe it's just because we're just always up at night, late gigs. I don't really know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But it's kind of interesting that most of us is nocturnal.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is, that is. So is your music, your craft, and your hobby, or do you have hobbies outside of music?
1: For the most part, my music is my craft and hobby, but I do have a couple hobbies. Like I really like to play basketball. I don't play as much as I used to, but I used to really enjoy sports and I love anything that's uh, competition. I like to compete. Okay, okay. I've always liked to compete, whether I suck at it or not. I always try and just compete and get into new things.
0: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned your Kansas City Chiefs. Are you a big Chiefs fan?
1: Oh, man, all day long.
0: Okay, Absolutely. okay, okay, all right. <laughs> so we got any predictions on the upcoming season?
1: Oh, man, I want to say the Chiefs is going to go back to the Super Bowl. Okay, okay. That's my prediction. Okay. But I'm going to say this. It depends on one thing. If we can stay healthy. Yeah. If we can stay healthy, I think we'll get back, but if injuries start happening kind of like last season, I don't think we'll make it.
0: Well, I tell you what, let's do this. I'm a Green Bay Packer fan, all right?
1: Oh, man.
0: So let's do this. If the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs happen to end up in the Super Bowl, if the Packers win, I'll send you some bratwurst from Wisconsin, okay? Okay. If the Chiefs win then you can send me some of that Q39 up here to Wisconsin. I got you. All right. All right. We got it on tape now, man. (laughs) That sounds like a deal. I'm all for it. (laughs) All right. So if you could interview anybody in music history, who would it be and what would you ask them?
1: Ooh. Man, there's a lot of guys I would love to interview. From Prince to Michael Jackson. I think in the jazz realm, oh, man, there's so many. I probably would say George Duke. Okay. To be honest with you. Okay. Yeah.
0: Why George Duke?
1: Well, I love his sound. And I'll, as a piano player, I love his how he thinks, how he writes his music, his chord changes, how everything just feels. And I've always just been a big fan of his work. So I think what I would ask him is how in the world did he get his sound, and what influenced him to write how, the way he did.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. What was the first concert? Do you remember your first concert ever going to? What was your first concert?
1: Ooh, I'm trying to remember. I think I've been to a lot of them that I can't remember. Uh-huh. I do know one that I do remember was a Boney James concert. Okay. I do remember that, and I really enjoyed that concert a lot. That was another reason why I knew I wanted to be a smooth jazz musician. Okay. You know, seeing Boney James out there playing and killing it, and and the crowd was loving it.
2: Yeah.
1: It was a great vibe, and I was just glad to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, Boney always puts on a great show, and you're right. The crowd loves him. Pre-COVID, I had seen him twice within about six months, and every time at two different venues, one venue... In Chicago and one venue in Milwaukee and both times man the crowd was just into it into it and and you can see him like that's one of the things I love about watching live music is that you can see sometimes how that crowd is impacting that artist because Boney seems to soak up that crowd and really he puts on a great show anyway but when the crowd is really going like he just gives you that much more so
1: yeah, he do, and
0: they chanting "bone." A. Yeah, right, right, right. I remember that. Let's take a listen to "Morning Prayer," featuring Blake Aaron. <laughs> was Morning Prayer featuring Blake Aaron. So back to our conversation. Do you pay to go to concerts anymore now that you're a star musician or do you always get in free and get the backstage hookup? (laughs)
1: Well, most of the time, be honest with you, I get in for free and get the backstage hookup. Right. But my thing is, even though I can get in for free and get the backstage hookup, I still like to try and at least try and pay for a ticket. Even though I might not use the ticket, I'll just pay for it, you know, just to try to support the artist. And then I could just go backstage.
0: That's cool. You
1: know, get that hook up. But I always want to support artists because I know that I want people to support me. So I definitely want to support them, too.
0: You know, that's a great thing. That's one of the things that I see a lot with particularly jazz artists and smooth jazz artists is the fact that you all are very cognizant of supporting one another and, Working together. And it it really is kind of like a club where everybody's doing their own thing and everybody wants to be a star. But at the same time, it seems like you guys are always working together and working with one another. And that's a cool thing to see.
1: It is. I definitely agree with that. Like I said, there's room for everybody. And the more we can help people, the higher level we'll get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it, too. All ships rise, right?
1: Yeah. All ships rise. Mm -hmm. Definitely.
0: So, what is something your fans would be surprised to learn about you?
1: Ooh, man! I love nature. You that do, for okay? Sure. Yeah, I love the outdoors. I really love water. Really? Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you boat or swim or water ski any of that stuff? Or
1: unfortunately, no. Okay. Because there ain't nowhere really to do it here. Okay. But I mean, we got lakes and stuff. Like I know y'all got lakes in Wisconsin. Right. But right. I've never. I've never really gotten out there, but I know when I was in Florida, you know, we would always get on the boat and go out in ocean and just chill and and do all sorts of stuff like that. And I've just always been at peace with that.
0: That's good. That's all right, man. Good, good. So what's playing in your car right now?
1: <laughs> man, a lot of stuff.
0: Okay. All right. Let us hear it.
1: Okay. So I list a lot of Robert Glasper right okay. now. Uh-huh. A lot of Jeff Bradshaw. I love Jeff Bradshaw. Okay. And Sade, I've been with a lot of her too. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
1: a huge Sade fan.
0: Yeah, me too. Believe it or not. I used to have a poster of her in my college dorm room.
2: Oh, man.
0: And the last time I saw her, I saw her at an outdoor venue in Indianapolis. And she just puts on such a great show. She's a.
1: so lucky.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's a wonderful artist. I can't wait. Rumor has it that she's going to be back out touring again sometime soon. And I I can't wait. I can't wait for that to happen. Wherever I have to go to see her, I will go to see her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because, you know, I've never really gotten a chance to see her live. And I've always wanted to. It's kind of funny because my dad had tickets about 10 years ago, but he couldn't go because of his job. Okay. So he had to give them up to... Some family members of my family and they got to go and see the show. And yeah, I think he regrets it. I really do. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully he'll get a chance soon because if the internet is correct, she's supposed to be coming out with some new work sometime in the next year or so, which would be awesome. So I hope so. But that's going to be one of those where the moment you hear that she's touring, you better not wait to try to get tickets because they will no. be gone in a heartbeat, you know?
1: Yeah, because they will be gone.
0: Yeah. So. Can I see if I can pinpoint you and have you tell me your top three albums, favorite albums of all time? Do you have a couple that you can rattle off for us?
1: Oh, I have a lot of albums that I really like. Definitely Thriller by Michael Jackson. Okay. Of course, you can't go wrong with Michael Jackson, right? Right. Boomerang by Marcus Miller is one of my favorite, as a bass player standpoint. I think that album's hard to top. And who the last one, man, kind of blew by Miles Davis. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Okay. I love Miles Davis too. And man, it's just so many of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This weekend I had the pleasure of meeting with some friends and I had no idea all these years that my friend's wife, her father was played in Miles Davis's band. I didn't find that out until this weekend. That's crazy. And her dad and Miles were good friends. And she was telling me some stories about Miles. And it was funny because to me, I'm like, what? Miles Davis? And she was like, to her, she just knew him as Mr. Davis. She was her dad's youngest child. And he would be in their home. And she didn't really understand. And I was saying to her that, you know, Miles Davis is like on the Mount Rushmore of musicians. Like, he's one of the best to ever play, you know, so... For real. Yeah, so I'm not surprised to hear you, a young virtuoso, would have Miles on your list of top three albums. That's all right. That's all right, man.
1: Gotta have Miles on there, man. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And <laughs> That's they, a must. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So when you're not on the road and when you have a little chance to get a little R&R, what do you like to do? You got a favorite vacation spot or... You like to just chill, do you like to go and explore?
1: I like to do all that actually. I love to be on the beach. So anywhere where there's a beach, I'm good with. I like to chill. I like to drive around a lot and just walk around in nature, go to parks and stuff. I really enjoy doing that for sure.
0: All right. Are you like to drive around a lot? Are you a car guy too or
1: I am a car guy. I love
0: cars. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So what are you driving now? And is there something that you aspire to from a car standpoint?
1: Well, right now, I'm actually driving a car that I always wanted. I'm driving a uh, Audi Q5, which I really oh, love. Oh, that's that a car.
0: nice car.
1: That's a nice car.
0: Yes, it is. I love that car. Good. You're enjoying some of the fruits of your labor then, man. I am. <laughs> good Very for good. you. Good for you. <laughs> that's a slick car.
1: Yeah, I love it, man. I don't want anything else right now. I'm good for good. you.
0: Good for you, man. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. See, this young man is 27 years old, driving an Audi Q5, hard work and dedication. You can get where you want to go. Hey Amen. That is very true. Blair Bryan is a testament. So Yes, sir. What's your favorite movie, man? Ooh. I have a lot of them.
1: one of my favorites of all time, and you're probably gonna laugh at me for this, <laughs> but I really like the Avatar.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, and Art Avengers, any of the Avengers series too. I like action movies a lot. Yeah. That's always kind of been my thing.
0: I tell you, man, Avatar is deep. Like, it's it's deep on so many levels, right? It's... Yeah. Cinematically, it's phenomenal, but the message is unbelievable. It is. And Kirk Whalum has a song called I See You. And he talks about, in his prelude to that song, he talks about watching the movie Avatar. Really? Yeah, them saying, I see you in the movie. And for him, it made him think about some of the work, if I'm getting this correct, it made him think about some of the work that he does with the homeless population, that whole notion that I see you, acknowledging you. So Avatar is deep on a lot of levels, man. So that's a great choice. That's a great choice.
1: Yeah. I'm a deep person, so I guess that's probably why I like the movie so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, since you're deep, I'm going to hit you with another one then. That's going to make you pull on that deepness, man. You're having a dinner party. You can invite any three people, living or deceased. Who's coming to Blair Bryant's dinner party?
1: Oh, man. Prince definitely is coming. Okay. Got to have Prince. Najee will be there, of course. Got to have him. I got to have, uh, dang, the third one's tough, man. There's so many people I want to invite. Ooh, man. Probably Miles Davis. All right. All right.
0: Yeah. Now, that's going to be a good time now. They talk about some musical prowess there, man. Yeah. You have to be sitting around that dinner table with your notebook, man, soaking it all in. Man, you're going to learn a lot. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. If I could get George Duke in there, I'd
1: get him in there, too.
0: There you go. There you go. I would love to be a fly on the wall at that one. That would be a good one.
1: Oh, me too. Most definitely.
0: So Blair, what does the rest of 2021 and 2022 hold for you? What else you got going on and coming up? I know we're looking forward to getting you up to Milwaukee in 2022 to play our Fresh Coast Jazz Festival. I'm looking forward to that. But what else you got going on?
1: Well, mostly 2021, Najee shows, touring with him. We're supposed to be... I actually got a show in Nashville I'm going to be doing in a couple of weeks, but we're supposed to be in Dallas, I think Charleston, South Carolina, uh, Atlanta. So we got a lot of tour dates coming up for the rest of the year that I'm looking forward to coming back to these cities and seeing old faces that I haven't seen since COVID. And obviously the whole album thing, releasing that, that's on my plans and and I also want to uh, work on some Christmas music too, and try and release a Christmas single this year as well.
0: Oh, fantastic! If not, maybe an album. Who knows? That'd be great, man. That would yeah. be fantastic. That's a great time to drop new music too. And I think there's so much great Christmas music, but you're always looking for something new and different. So I hope you do that, man. And I look forward to hearing that project when that project comes out. And Absolutely. and when you make your trip to Nashville for your show, I was just there as I mentioned, and there is a new. National Museum of African American Music. Ooh. So if you got any downtime, make sure you go and check that out too, man. A student of the game like you, I think you would really love that. I think you would really love that.
1: That's good advice, man. I'm glad you told me about that. I definitely have to check that out.
0: Good, good. Well, Blair, we appreciate your time. We wish you nothing but the best. We are excited about what your future holds. And I get this feeling, like Marcus said, that one day I'm going to tell my grandkids that guess what? I interviewed Blair Bryant on my podcast when he was 27 and they'll be like, no, you didn't. So we're expecting great things from you, man. Keep doing what you do, my brother.
1: Man, thank you so much, man. Much love.
0: All right. Thank you for your time, Blair. All the best. Thank you so much. Appreciate y'all. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage.